Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Katherine Miller. Divorce Dialogues brings expert guests to the airways to talk through your divorce questions and fill in the gray areas about separating. From thinking about divorce, to how to behave during divorce, to what to do after, this is Divorce Dialogues. Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Katherine Miller. I'm the founder of the Miller Law Group and a trainer at the Center for Understanding in Conflict. And I am on a mission to change how people divorce and help them divorce with dignity. And I'm excited that my guest today is Julie Roundtree. She practiced family law for almost 20 years. And after several years of needing a change, Julie made it a priority to help clients thrive in the post-divorce transition once the lawyers and judges were out of the picture. As a certified divorce coach and divorce transition and recovery coach, her practice is devoted to helping men and women gain clarity, confidence, and the ability to move forward with grace. Welcome, Julie Roundtree. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Catherine. So you're a recovering lawyer, is that right? (laughs) Oh, I might have to steal that one from you. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So I I still practice a little, right? Can't get enough of family law, but I will tell you I am focusing my practice now away from litigation and toward this wonderful resource of divorce coaching, which I wish was a thing, you know, when I first started practicing. So like you, I'm also on a mission to really reinvent that divorce process and make this something that is a lot more manageable for our clients. So was there something that happened in your life that led you to make this change or was it something just less dramatic? Well, you know, it wasn't one thing specifically, but really all those years of practice and just realizing that there is this missing professional from the divorce litigation team, right? As a lawyer, we are expected to be that legal advocate. And we are expected to be a counselor as well. And it gets pretty darn difficult for us to wear both of those hats. And we are dealing with a lot of emotion, right, from our clients. They're so overwhelmed with obviously going through this traumatic divorce. And it's hard for them to go through the litigation process alongside that. It does get very overwhelming. So I found myself as a lawyer really working with that emotional part with the clients. And I thought there has to be somebody, a professional who can help them manage their frustrations and emotions. And that way the lawyers can kind of, you know, focus on on the litigation part and getting this client ready uh, to, to go through the process and hearings, depositions, discovery, trial, mediation, whatever. So I I kept saying, right, there has to be a different way for these clients to go through a divorce. And when I stumbled upon divorce coaching, I said, this is it. This is my passion. And so that is, after all those years of practicing, sort of the reason I I started to focus in this direction. Yeah. I mean, for me, after 10 years of working in the family law field, I got divorced myself. And that was a a, a game changer for me. And I thought, you know, I have to stop being a lawyer. I'm because I can't do it this way anymore. Now, of course, 
in hindsight, I could have changed fields. Like I could have changed, I could have been a tax lawyer. I could have done something else because I certainly was young enough at the time to do that. But I was like, nope, I'm leaving. And it wasn't, it wasn't until I really got more interested and more training in mediation and learned about the collaborative divorce model that I thought, you know what? Actually, I think I can do this. I can, I can really align my personal values about helping people through a transition without making it worse before we make it better. Not that it's easy. Of course, it's never easy, but that, and, and that's why I founded the firm. And, and while we do litigation now, I personally don't. I sometimes think that people who find themselves in court for a variety of legitimate reasons need our approach the most and that the idea of focusing on the human being in a humane way and really acknowledging each person's right to their perspective and how we're going to work with those perspectives to work through the negotiation because In New York, 97% of divorces settle before a judge makes a decision after a trial. And nationwide, that's 95%. So overwhelmingly, Julie Roundtree, we're going to be working in a settlement model, but it's still really tough, isn't it? Absolutely. And I love how you didn't just completely switch gears and you use that family law experience to work with clients in a different way, right? That's amazing. And But you still get them a resolution in in a different, more productive way. And I think that's great, especially for your clients that that have children, right? It makes a great platform for them to jump from. And if we can amicably resolve this matter, I think that really helps the parents move forward in co-parenting and makes it a little bit easier because you're absolutely right. Even to resolve it amicably in mediation or through the collaborative model, is not easy. And that's because the emotions get in the way. So I like to say that's where I come in and try to get the client really, really help them manage their frustrations with whether the legal system or, you know, their spouse or whatever, help them manage those frustrations and give them a really good expectation of how the legal system works. What are the next steps? And I think when they have those great expectations, they are a little bit more confident about moving forward. Yeah. So maybe we could get a little bit more into the details about what a divorce coach can do for someone, because I think a lot of people, you know, coach sounds like someone with a, I don't know, a whistle on a lanyard and a clipboard, right? Or, you know, some kind of executive coach or something like that. So what what does a divorce coach do? And if you have some examples of ways in which you've worked with people, I think that's always helpful for our listeners. Absolutely. So my goal as a coach is really to help the client become the best version of themselves and really just be the best version of themselves throughout this whole process. And I love to think of myself as their sounding board, their thinking partner. Uh, We talk through a lot of scenarios for those clients who have their goals in mind. And that's another thing too. We talk about goals all the time. You know, if, if you have a favorable outcome, if we could settle this case right now and it would be uh, your, you know, we, we get it on paper, it's your dream outcome. What does it look like? Let me know more about that. Let's, you know, what do we need 
to get you to that, to help you really meet that goal. And so we spend a lot of time talking through that. So I love to just really walk down that path with them and whatever urgent issues they're having along the way, we break them into little manageable pieces for them, talk through them. We have a lot of tools that we use to work through certain issues. And I give them a little homework sometimes. But really being there, again, to be that sounding board and their their thinking partner is, is huge to help them get through the litigation. And, you know, a typical session Wow, we work through all sorts of issues. Many of our clients come to us really even unsure of whether they should file and and whether divorce is something that is the right decision for them. So we we talk through you already mentioned, you know, collaborative law, maybe the traditional litigation model isn't right for this particular client and their family. Really just educating them on different options outside of your traditional litigation model mediation, you know, even the possibility of settling the matter between attorneys before you get to mediation. There are just a lot of options to resolve their case. So for those clients in that considering stage or really just trying to get information, we talk about a lot of those questions that they have. Also in that stage is how do I tell my spouse I'm considering this? How do I tell our children and so we really talk through the the best way to explain to children what is happening and make sure that that is being done in their best interest, because of course that is huge. And hopefully we can get to them before one party has already broken the news to the children. We have that happen as well. And we work through that issue. Right. But, you know, there really is a whole list of issues, whether it's communicating with a, a difficult spouse, especially in, in the realm of co-parenting. Maybe there's been infidelity on my client's part or spouse's part. And so everybody's kind of working through that. Maybe the parties are separated and, and we have new relationships already and minor children involved. Maybe a, a client is re-entering the workforce after staying home and raising children for many years. And so we work through the client's goals there and talk about what it's like to re-enter the workforce, get them ready for their interviews. And and really, hey, it's kind of empowering. Like, well, what do you want to do? Or you want to go back to what you what you were doing before you became a stay-at-home parent? Or do you want to try something new? So even though these can be traumatic times for for the client, there is, uh, we try to find, you know, an empowering part of it where they can move forward and and really start to create their post-divorce life. And it's their turn to be happy. So we walk them through that. That sounds great. I'm Catherine Miller, and you're listening to Divorce Dialogues, a podcast dedicated to educating people about divorce-related topics so everyone can divorce with dignity. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts to be sure that you don't miss an episode. And I'm talking today with Julie Rantry about divorce coaching 
And, you know, I think I'm listening to you talk about the, what a divorce coach can do and helping people imagine the future in a better way. And I always think of divorce as an intersection between what was and what will be. And it's really important to, I think, acknowledge that intersection and acknowledge that we're really trying to build a life for each client, not just one client, for both clients that is fully enriching, engaged with their children if they have them, empowered and you know self-actuating. And it's really hard to do that if you're facing backwards, right? And I think as I'm listening to you talk about the divorce coaching model and 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 how you work with people about what they want to be, I find sometimes your clients say to me, but if I do that, you know, will I get a worse deal? And, you know, will I get less money if I go back to work now? And and so, Julie Ranchi, what do you say to people who say ask you that question? Oh, my goodness. That is so funny. You say that. I, I get that question all the time. You know, well, won't this hurt my chances for alimony? And I sit them down and say, if you want to go back to work, go back to work. And hey, you know, attorneys might have a different, you know, different answer. But as a coach, I ask, well, what do you want to do? Like you said, we look at this intersection and I have clients that say, well, I've never truly done what I wanted to do. I've always followed him around with his career, advanced his career. And, and I really never had a chance to, you know, to build my own career or do what I want. And so, like you said, well, now's a chance to do it. So my advice is always, well, first let's look at your goals and what you want to do. And 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 if re-entering the workforce is where you want to be, let's do it. And I will help them because as a coach, I can't give legal advice, right? But what I do for this part is help them talk through some questions to ask their attorney to get some feedback, you know, on on the legal side of this and on the spousal support side of this, if they do have questions or concerns in that area. We talk through that situation and and really most important, what are your goals? If you want to head back there, Let's do it. Let's find out what you want to do. Let's find out what credentials you need. Uh, Maybe, maybe you put that on the back burner during your marriage. What do you need to get up to speed? And and let's get you there. You know, I think that it's really not about, it's about how much you end up with, regardless of where that comes from. You say, like, I will not take this much because I want to make sure I get this much from the other guy. Like, why, why would you do that? Like, why, like, I mean, for those of listening, you know, I, I would, you know, I could get a hundred, but instead, because I'm an old 10, I'm going to take 10 from the other guy and end up life with 10 instead of with a hundred. Why would you do that? I think that, you know, financially speaking, we're all better off if we're self-supporting and we all have more choices in life if we're self-supporting. So I don't understand why somebody would, that seems like it's penny wise and pound foolish. What do you think about that? It sounds like you agree. Yes, I do agree. I do agree. And and maybe that comes from years of litigation where we're going back to court and we are filing a motion for contempt to address non-payment of alimony. And just this client is going through a very emotional part of litigation where we're chasing money. And so, of course, you know, I, again, I help the client draft those questions to get them ready for any meetings with their attorneys about how can we maximize a resolution where 
I'm getting everything as much as possible up front and not leaving this agreement to a monthly alimony obligation, right? And and where I can start just working on my career and moving forward. So I do agree with you. Of course, every case is so different, right? Absolutely. Um, but in the cases where, you know, my client wants to go back to work, is employable, then absolutely I agree with you. I mean, of course, there are cases where that is is a lot more difficult. So of course. Right. And what about Julie Wantry? Have you worked with families where the in a sort of a usual kind of typical family, except for that the wife is a higher earner than the husband? Yeah, right. We're starting to see that trend. So all all the advice I used to give to men, now I'm giving to women, you know, and 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 now women are getting a little heartburn over it because they are the breadwinners. So I'm absolutely seeing that every single day. I think in some ways it's harder for women in this moment in history, right now, given the expectations or gender expectations, you know, coming up potentially that people have and a sense that if a woman feels like she did everything in the family, she made the play date, she raised the kids, she, and listen, the husband often totally sees this differently. So, but it can be really hard to say, like, I did everything and now I've got to pay you too. Like that feels, I think, really difficult. And it brings me back and I'm going to date myself here to the eighties, like to the late eighties and early nineties when our equal distribution law in New York first went into effect. And, and men were like that, like, wait a second, what? I paid for everything and now she gets half too. And I have to pay maintenance alimony. So I think that that can be a little bit of a difficult and bitter pill for people to swallow. What are you, what's your experience? It is a bitter pill for both parties or on either, you know, on either end. And imagine um, in my experience, especially with coaching, imagine adding the emotion of, you know, one party simply didn't work because there were substance abuse issues and, or one party just outright refused to work, even though they were employable or there's mental health issues on one party's end and the other spouse took care of them, you know, and, and now we're having to possibly, you know, we're at risk for paying alimony and it becomes very frustrating for the client, right? It's a super emotional process, but again, just giving them those expectations of how things will usually unfold in court and questions to ask their attorney, make sure they're getting a good, solid answer from their counsel as to how this typically works. That is is somewhat helpful, but absolutely a bitter pill when you start to add things such as substance abuse, mental health issues, and infidelity, when you start to add infidelity in the mix, you know, I have supported my spouse this entire time. And, you know, now there's been this extramarital affair, and I'm still having to divide assets. It is the, the emotions are absolutely crazy, a totally emotionally charged situation. And we walk through these every single day. You're listening to Divorce Dialogues podcast, and I'm Catherine Miller. 
Divorce Dialects has been educating people about divorce and relationship issues for over 10 years. Subscribe to the podcast and don't forget to check out our previous episodes on the podcast website, divorcedialogues.com. And I'm talking today with Julie Roundtree about divorce coaching. And, you know, one thing that as you're just talking about working with attorneys, I, I want to make sure that you give people the information, how, how they can contact you. But I also want you to talk about how attorneys can benefit from working with a divorce coach. But start with your contact information website so people can reach you if they need to. Absolutely. Please visit my site, mydivorcecoaches.com. And there is some great information on there. And also you can schedule a free initial consult with me and you can schedule right from the site. So it's super easy. And, you know, if you're not in the Jacksonville, Florida area, of course, I do virtual consults via Zoom. So you can schedule one of those. And if you happen to be in our area, I would love for you to come in because I do in-person consults as well and sessions. So definitely take a peek. If you have any questions, you're welcome to email me as well. Julie, J-U-L-I-E at mydivorcecoaches.com. And I will get you a good response. Great. So how do you work with attorneys and clients to to ease that trend, that that communication? Because I think that sometimes uh, clients feel my attorney doesn't understand me. My attorney is too busy to talk to me. My attorney doesn't really appreciate how unfair this is, you, you know, and, and, you know, I can see both sides on that. And and so how do you help in that relationship? Or, or if you can give some examples, that'd be great too. Sure. So, you know, like I said earlier, as an, as an attorney, we are expected to be the legal advocate and also be a counselor as well, because emotions do, you know, it's, it comes with the territory. It's part of our day-to-day work in family law. So what I love to do for attorneys is just take the emotion part out of it. Let me handle that. And the attorney can work on the litigation and getting this client prepared for a hearing or trial or mediation and really get them through the process. So what I do in my sessions is really, again, prepare the client for those upcoming meetings. We talk through what types of questions should be asked, and we make sure that they get a good, solid answer from their lawyers. And as we talk through their goals as well, it's really helpful during that attorney-client meeting that the client expresses, this is what I want out of this divorce. And sometimes, you know, attorneys report to me that the client is so overwhelmed that they will spend 30 minutes, an hour with them. And, and after the meeting, they're not really sure if anything was accomplished just because the client is possibly stuck in their story, right? Just the emotional part of it. Maybe they were wronged in this marriage and they're really reliving that trauma over and over again and maybe retelling that story. So we try to get them to focus on the business part of divorce, the business side of divorce, which is very difficult. Um, But when I do that in my sessions, The client then goes to their attorney, hopefully having all their goals in mind, able to articulate that and really create that clear-headed, 
confident client that is super credible that you want to put in front of a judge, right? And you want to put in front of a social investigator or a child custody evaluator um, or any other professionals that might be involved in this case. So when I help the client manage their frustration and their emotion and, and present that confident client to an attorney, I know I've done my job. Let me ask you this question. Someone said to me a couple of weeks ago, uh, talking about her learning about her husband's infidelity, she said, but what do I do with the anger? So Julie, how do you answer that question? What do people do with the anger when they're trying to negotiate this? They're trying to kind of rebound. It turns out they're incredibly disoriented about whether or not their life was a lie and they have a lot of feelings. And at the same time, they have to negotiate something that's going to impact them for the rest of their lives. Right. That client is grieving, right? They are grieving this lost relationship. They are dealing with the the idea that their thoughts of a long lasting, loving marriage is gone. And they are anger, angry because they're grieving. And so we we talk through that a lot in our sessions as well. Um, self-care comes up a lot in this area. And we remind and, and follow up with clients, please do something that brings you joy today. Um, we have a, a nice, well, we have a whole set of tools when it comes to self-care. Um, and we we make sure that the client is focusing on themselves because they typically find during the marriage that, you know, they were last and whether, you know, for, for whatever reason that happened. And sometimes in marriages, we fall into these roles and sometimes mom is, is kind of last on the list. She's putting everybody's priorities before herself. And so that becomes very difficult. So self-care is definitely where we start with that. And, you know, reminding the client to, again, do something that brings them joy, uh, make sure they are in good health and talking through that grief and that anger and really removing that from the equation so we can sit down and be ready to hopefully negotiate a settlement and work with their attorney to negotiate a settlement even even when they're feeling that anger. All right, Julie Rantry, thank you so much for being my guest on Divorce Dialogues. It's really been a pleasure. It's been some really useful information about divorce coaching. Thank you so much for having me. I love to spread the word about this amazing resource. It truly is the missing professional from, from our legal team. Great. Thanks a lot. Thank you.